Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside with my co-host, Pete Robertson. What's up, gentlemen? Good to see you. And Barry Rice. Hey, everybody. So glad to have you back with us this week. Yep, this week. This week, man, we had a fun weekend. We had a big party this weekend. Yep. Pete, your wife turned 29. She did. Again. I can't yep. believe it. I know. It was an amazing party, except for the part about the cheese balls. That was that was a little strange. What do they call uh, a guy that marries a young girl? They call a, a girl that marries a, a coo- young guy. A cougar, cougar. What about so a guy that wears a young Sugar guy? daddy. Is that what it is? Sugar oh. daddy? I'm her sugar daddy. Yeah? Yeah. I That's like awesome. that. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, she also calls me Mac Daddy, but Mac. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Except I'm confused. really not 29. She's so. not that much younger than you, though, is she? No. No. If no. she's 29, she would be a lot younger than yeah. you. That's what she. She couldn't saying. have a 27 year old son. No. Ooh, yeah, that would be yeah. that would be difficult. That was a little difficult. That, That's, would, that would take that'd be miraculous. Miraculous. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that would be awfully weird. Miraculous. I'm just sitting here listening. No comments. <laughs> But we do really want to wish Christine a happy birthday. She does so much around here, and uh, she is such a great mom, a great wife, and a great person. We thank God for her. Thank you, Christine, for all you do. Yeah, I did all that. Happy Aww. birthday. Oh, wait. Can we sing that? It's copyrighted. We can't sing that. You can know. make your own if happy you want. Happy birthday to me. I mean, Christine. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys, for being so wonderful and such good sports and um, being pulverized with cheese balls the oh, other yeah. day. Oh, yeah. We had to do cheese balls. P.S. There will be a picture in the video. You've got to put a picture so now I that they know that. what's going on. I don't know. That shaving cream was kind of burning my face. Maybe yeah, so, I'm a wimp. I'm used to like mild stuff or so something. The, but so the she had a great idea to get us three to put our garbage bags over ourselves and then put shaving cream all over our face, all over our bodies, everywhere, and then have a bunch of people with cheese balls belt us with it <laughs> and see how many could stick. That's, now they have a picture. That's yeah. her fun and video that she wanted to do on her birthday. It was her birthday. Yeah. She gets to do what she wants. Yeah. I'm glad you guys have that. It was fun to do it. Yeah. It was fun. It was, and then we got to like uh, do sumo body slams afterwards. Yeah, it was kind of slippery. <laughs> <laughs> see, but I thought it was a competition to see who could get the most cheese balls. I think Barry had the Barry most. clearly yeah. won. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the wider canvas. Is that what it is? I wasn't going to say that. I just thought you had you your teammates were well, better at throwing I, I cheese balls. Them up a little bit. Did yeah. you? Yeah. yeah, yeah that instead was of throwing one at a time, handfuls <laughs> the whole yeah. bag yeah. because they couldn't miss. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was funny. When I lean back, on? I had that uh, lean back posture. That's that, I think that's the secret too. Yeah, kind of lean over, they're going to fall off. Adventure, it's, to your it's, advantage, it's gravity, right? It's gravity. The big thing is we laughed a lot. We did. It wasn't just that though. It, I I enjoyed that uh, the kind of the worship mm. and uh, at the end of it, that was that was an amazing way to wrap up a birthday party. I've mm. never been a part of a birthday party that did. Uh, did, did worship at the end of it. That mm. was really cool. Yeah. It I turned think, out really good. Nice. It might be a it, new it tradition. Was like, it yeah. was like dueling banjos though, right? Like 10 guitars or something? I think there was four. Well, no. There was five worship people up there all together. That's how many yeah. guitars there were? I think four worship. Well, four guitars, five people worship. Yeah, that's what I got. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. It, it was awesome. 
And they cool. most a lot of them never knew each other, so they just all came together just to worship and pour their hearts out. That's and really as it got cool. going, it took about three or four songs, but I think once that once it started connecting, it was it was pretty powerful. And then ending with Hallelujah, and that was pretty yeah, powerful. That was good. Yeah. That was good. Once I learned, I could pull up the lyrics on my phone. That was cool too. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> I guess I'm spoiled, you know. Anytime you go to church, they have the lyrics on the back screen, so it's like you don't have to memorize yeah. lyrics anymore. You just read them, and uh, you know we're doing a couple songs that were pretty well known, but that were no problem. But then other songs I didn't know very well, and I'm like, uh... and yeah. then that's I'm where so- you just really pay attention to the lyrics and learn yeah. what it's saying. It's pretty yeah. powerful. Yeah, yeah, I think you, you do pay. And in fact, I was going to mention that it was one of the songs was I think it's a, a Hill song song, the the, the So Will I song. And one of the lyrics in there was about um, how God made love in 8 billion different ways. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I just, I never, I mean, I guess yeah. I've heard it before, but it really Powerful. hit me. It hit me that night mm-hmm. that, uh, mm. wow, you know, he creates all of us in his image. And wow. That, dude, just, yeah, that was, that was powerful. So whoever wrote that song, well done. Yeah. Kudos. Bravo. Kudos. Yeah. <laughs> What's today? What are you going to say, Barry? Uh, I'm not going to say it. Oh, Okay. He like leaned to the mic and then backed up. He's like, nope, I changed my mind. I changed my mind. So last week we we started a show or we did a show. So if you haven't listened to last week's show, you might want to hit pause, go back and listen to last week's show, and then jump back into this one. Because last week we talked about um, five characteristics of what it looks like to be a mission-minded person. So what are, what are those characteristics? And we're, we're going to do 10 in total. We did Again, we did five last week, and I'll go over those in a second. Um, we're going to do five more today and kind of wrap up the show. And I mean, you know, Pete said it last week. There's, I mean, there's could be, <laughs> there could be hundreds of these. Um, we're just kind of picking five and a lot of them kind of overlap and stuff too. But uh, any, any comments on last week's show, guys, before we uh, jump in and I kind of give us an overview and then review the five from last week? You know, I think a couple things is we've got to take from being mission-minded. The reason why we're mission-minded, because God loves people. Hmm. I mean, that's the the basis of it, that God loves people. There's not a person on earth that God does not love Mm. and desires a relationship with them, right? Mm. And I I think because of that's who our daddy is, we've got to have the same heart. We've got to be like him, and we've got to desire for people to know our daddy. Mm. And, you know, what I have is so good and so meaningful and so important to me i just really want to give it away to everybody i come in contact with mm-hmm. and that's the heart that we're looking for yeah and it's not um it's not just the pastor it's not just the lay leader of the church this is everybody and when you come face to face with jesus and he truly tr- touches your lives and transforms your lives and you experience his goodness and all of his glory you're transformed and changed. And in that moment's time, something happens inside of you. And either two things happen. Either one, you you decide to say, okay, I'm going to do it your way, God. And I'm going to go love on you and love on people. Or I'm going to do it my way, love on myself and, and try to figure out life myself, my, my way. And a mission-minded person, a mission-minded characteristics is somebody that has been touched by Jesus, that has been transformed by Jesus, that is madly in love with Jesus, and just wants to be obedient in the call that God has given each of us. And we just use our gift, however that looks, our way, but for His glory. And so that's kind of 
you know, in a nutshell, but we'll go into that more. Yeah. And Pete, you said something earlier about the, it's a difference between being mission-minded and maintenance-minded. Do mm-hmm. you want to explain that just a little bit? Well, that's kind of where we're going at with this, yeah. this, this show. Um, let's go ahead and just pray, and then we'll just jump, dump into it. Lord, okay. I, Lord, I just thank you, and I praise you. And Lord, today I just pray that you would just open our hearts again and our minds to be able to understand what is it that you are asking of us. What is your desire for our lives? And and Lord, everything is about the mission. You told us in Matthew 28, 19 to go into the world and to preach and to baptize in the name of the Father and Holy Spirit. You told us in Acts 1, 8 that we are to be your witnesses in in our in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, into the world. And and Lord, that's not a, a ask, that's not a request, that's a command. That's something that you ask of your children to do. When we were blood-bought and forgiven and adopted into your family, God, you've now given us the tools and the resources that we need to fulfill the purpose that you have for us. And so, Lord, I pray. I pray that you would touch our lives. I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds. And I pray, Lord, that you would speak deeply and intimately into us. Help us, Lord, to hear. Help us to be changed and transformed now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good, good, good. So let's just jump right into that. As we discussed last week, a mission-minded person sees the world from the lenses of how God views it. He loves and died for every everyone's sins. A maintenance-minded person views their, their why question with a me-focus kind of attitude. Ultimately, a maintenance-minded person is seeking to get ahead for themselves. Thus, they have to maintain all the problems that come their way. Whereas a mission-minded person is fulfilling God's mission here on earth. Thus, God is the one who maintains all the problems that might come their way. The mission-minded person is surrendered to the will of God while the maintenance-minded person is sur- is surrendered to the will of self. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like when you read that, it just, again, it makes me think of our choices that we have every single day. I think a lot of people, when they've given their life to the Lord, they don't realize that they are no longer their own. They, yeah. Their life is no longer themselves. They're, they're now supposed to live a life according to it's pleasing to God, that they're supposed to do things now differently. And um, a mission-minded person understands that. Or characteristics, someone that has that characteristics understands that their life is now controlled by the creator of the universe and that they no longer have to figure out their next steps. God does that for them. They no longer have to figure out, we were just talking about finances earlier, they no longer have to figure out how they're going to make the next paycheck. They don't no longer have to figure out how they're going to survive in the world or how to fix problems or issues in their life. They surrender that to the Lord and they just thrive in the moment that God gives them for his glory. But what is a mission? What and you know, I was just thinking of this and there's a business mission statement is used by a company to explain in simple and concise terms its purposes for being. The mission statement is usually one sentence or a short paragraph explaining its culture, its value, and its ethics. And so what we're doing through these 10 points is basically sharing simply what God's mission is for us here on earth. What is it that he's desiring us to do in context with the word of God to fulfill here on earth for his glory? And so that's our mission. And so we're sharing with you God's mission here on this podcast. And so if you didn't get last week's, listen to it and uh, get caught up. But real quick, did you want to go through those five? Yeah, I think that's a good way to kind of kick things off. So last week we we talked about um, the first five characteristics of a mission-minded person. The first one is uh, a mission-minded person desires to meet people that do not know Jesus. The second one was uh, they look 
for creative ways to share the gospel with others. Third was you live with a different worldview. Fourth was you hear God's voice and are obedient to where he asks you to go and willing to and willing to obey that. And then the fifth one was was just simply you pray a lot. And, you know, that sounds kind of like, oh, well, that's simple. But how often do we do that or, you know, we don't do that. So it's easy to fall into that trap of, of kind of missing the boat on that one. So what is prayer anyway? Prayer stops my heart and and makes us start beating with God's heart, right? So so when we do that, when we're in prayer, you can't help but to leave the place of prayer. And when there's intimacy, you care about the things that God cares about. And God cares about people. Mm -hmm. And God wants that relationship with people. And, you know, when I see this list, I think of, man, there's people that are living with purpose and they're living with direction and they know why they exist and there is no self in that right it's i want to bring glory to god and what is it that brings glory to god it's people coming to know him loving him and growing in him and teaching others to connect to him so that's where we're going today right that's this mission mindedness and number six is what yeah, well, go, next week, I mean, seriously, anybody that's listened to this has not listened to last week's show, listen to it, because we break down each one of these characteristics. And if you're hungry for the Lord and you're hungry to be uh, obedient to Him and want to walk in Him, you're going to listen to that. And so do that. So now we're going to get into six, and then we're going to break down these these next five. Excellent. Um, yeah, I'll go back to it. I had a thought on five, but <laughs> that's last week's show. Let's not go backwards. All right, All right characteristic number six. Um, you make disciples. You constantly ask yourself if what you are doing will result in disciples. If the strategy is only for people to hear, then the gospel will not spread. Mission-minded people know the importance of discipleship. Jesus' call to follow him was this, that you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. And, and that's a part of discipleship. What is discipleship? We are creating little Jesus is everywhere we go because we are a follower of Jesus. We reproduce ourselves, right? And what is a disciple? It's a student. It's a it's a follower. It's someone that is aligned with the life of another and is replicating it. And I tell you, uh, Jesus's last words before he left this earth was go make disciples of every nation, teaching them all things I've commanded you and and uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all things I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always. That is the great commission and the commission to every believer, like you said, Pete, not just the pastor, not just the, the hired hand of the church, but it's the mission and the commission of every believer, every son and daughter of Christ Jesus. You want to hear a simple definition of discipleship? Here it is. <clears throat> I know that God loves me and I wake up in the morning and I say, all right, God, I'm going to serve you today. I choose to serve you. I choose to be in my word and I, and I choose to spend time in prayer and I choose to, to learn about who you are. And in that time, in my meditation, in that time that I spent with you, because I love you, God, I'm doing that. You spoke to me. You opened my eyes to a truth that I just read. And then that day, you come to a coworker that's going through something because God does this. And all of a sudden, all you simply did was share what God spoke to you that morning 
because you love God and you're obedient and you went ahead and shared that with him. And guess what happened to that guy? He was like, oh, he was able to receive that truth. You just discipled that person. You just helped that person see the truth of Jesus. And you never know how God might open that door. You never know where that next step could be. You never know. You simply were obedient in sharing God's truth because it set you free. It gave you purpose. It gave you understanding. And so all you're simply doing is sharing that with somebody else. You know, Jesus said a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone when he is fully trained will be like his teacher. That's the whole point of being a disciple of Jesus. We imitate him. We carry on his ministry and we become like him in the process. And so when you're sharing with your coworker about what God said to you, all you're doing is sharing what Jesus taught you and you're carrying on his ministry. That's so good, Pete. So I, the enemy will try to get us to fear uh, the unknown, right? Like, oh, I can't share. I'm not going to have the words to say. I'm not going to, you know, so many lies the devil puts in our head um, when we're thinking about this. And you're so right. Just, man, just share what God put on your heart that day or what you learned that day. And, you know, it, it, I love this verse in, in John where Philip runs to Nathaniel and just says, you know, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about who the prophets also wrote. Uh, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And, and there's another part, I think it's either right before that or right after that, where he just tells him, he's like, come and see, come and see. Yeah. It's just, man, it's just so powerful. But so all you got to do, and that's just, again, like you were saying, Pete, just just focus on today. Don't don't get carried away. Don't let the devil put lies in your head that you're not good enough or you're not going to have the words. Just share what's, what's on your heart as today. A, as a pastor, one of the things that I'm looking for when I'm talking with people or people in the church or that are, are leaders or, or so forth, the first thing that I ask them in questions is, is what's going on in your ministry? What's happening? And if you're talking to your friends or your life groups or people and they do not, they are not discipling somebody. They are not sharing God's truth with other people, then I would question if they are a disciple because disciples disciple other people. And, and if, the, if you're listening to this and you're not discipling, you do not, you're not meeting one-on-one with people at a, at a coffee shop. You're not spending that extra time with that coworker. You're not looking for those people that are really hungry for the Lord because God's speaking to you. You need to give it somewhere. It's, you don't want to be the Dead Sea where it has no outlet. Right. You, you need to get it somewhere. And if you're not growing in the Lord, you're not discipling. But a person that has the characteristics of a mission-minded person is always discipling. It is a natural thing that takes place in you because you have to share the goodness of God because of what he's doing in your life. Yeah, it's, it's someone that's growing and excited about what God is doing in their heart. And, it's, and it's, if you're excited about what God is doing in your heart and if you're growing, you want to give that away. You want to pour that into someone else you want to brag on jesus and and you want to you want to testify and so sometimes uh discipleship is just testifying to what god is doing it's speaking his name over people it's communicating christ it's communicating truth and uh, that is so true that's awesome all right let's move on to characteristic number seven you meet human needs while sharing the gospel Mm. Mission-minded people believe it doesn't matter how many wells a person digs or how many orphans they feed if they are not following Christ's mandate to take the gospel to those who have not heard. They contend that if a person is not sharing Jesus, they are wasting time and money. Wow. Wow. Made me think of Samaritan's Purse. I mean, that he just phenomenal. Uh, if you guys know uh, Franklin Graham's yeah. ministry of Samaritan's Purse, he's 
He does. He goes. We do everything in Jesus' name. There's not any ministry that they do not, they don't do, or whatever I'm trying to say. (laughs) They uh, they do it everything in Jesus' name. It's always done with Jesus as the forefront. And so, yeah, that's awesome. You know, Matthew 25 says that they also will answer, Lord, when do we see you hungry and thirsty, or a stranger, or needing clothes, or sick, or in prison, and didn't help you? He will reply, Truly, I tell you, what whatever you did not do or whatever you did do for one of the least of these you did not do or do for me Mm. you know when we are pouring out and helping people uh we're doing it as a representative of christ i remember this story guys that it really really impacted me i was taking an elective before i was called into the ministry at liberty university and i took a youth ministry class i said well you know i being an athlete being a coach I thought maybe I would be a coach and, and I need to know how to work with kids. So I took this class and I'm going to tell you the guy, his name is, uh, Doug Ranlett that taught the class. And he told me this story. He said, I had this kid that was different in my youth group and I was pouring into him, pouring into him and, and he never would give his life to Christ. And so I met with him and I said, why, why aren't you giving your life to Christ? And you know what this kid said? He said to this professor, and I will never, ever forget it, that all you do is you, all you care about is that my heart goes to heaven. You could care less what happens to the rest of me. Mm -hmm. Ouch. And from that point on, the professor said, you know, I never shared the gospel with someone that I did not get involved with their life. And there's times, and, and I have done it. I admit I have done it, but Um, are we sharing the gospel and are we making disciples because we really care about people and we love people the way Jesus does or are we doing it to get a notch on our belt to make us feel more Mm -hmm. religious spiritual and godly that's not the right reason that's not the motivation Mm -hmm. behind sharing your faith and making disciples the the motivation is that you love God and you love him enough to obey him and you love people enough to to share the truth with them no matter how hard it is and you know at that at that point of my ministry is that i i decided i'm always going to put the great command before the great commission and let me say what i'm what i mean by that i want sharing the gospel coming out of the great command to love god with all my heart if you love God with all your heart and you love people as yourself, you will go and make disciples because it's not good enough just to tell them the truth. You have got to pour the rest of the gospel in them of how to walk with God and live for God and experience life and life abundantly. That Zoe, right? That life that is uh, becoming a well inside of you and coming out and flowing on to others. And, and that's, that's, that's what love is. Yeah, Philippians 2, 4 says, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. It's it's just a missional-minded characteristic is that you're constantly thinking of other people. And when you see a need, you meet a need. And and you're always on the, the, the purpose is always to do the extra. And a lot of times when we go out of the, we should not leave our homes without having this mindset. 
because a lot of times we leave our homes, we're rushed, and so we're, we're hurrying, or, or we'll leave our, our homes because we have an agenda, and we have a thought that we want to do, and we're, we should never leave our homes. A mission-minded character person should never leave their homes without understanding that they might be called to meet a need. And, and we are always looking for opportunities to be able to adjust our lives so that God's word, God's glory can be, and it could be this, you know, you have change in your pocket, you have something, you meet a, a homeless person or something, you, you know, one of the things that I used to do is I would get my money and I would shake their hand and says, hey, I'm Pete, what's your name? He looks like you can need a friend. And I would give him money, but then that's how I would open up the door to be able to talk with this person and just have that conversation. Or, um, you know, there's a lady at the grocery store, she was having a trouble says, hey, is there any way I could pray for you? Right there, you know, right there, right in that moment. There's, I can see you're struggling or I can see something. You see a need, you meet a need. Um, or one time you're at a grocery store and someone doesn't have the money to pay for it. Well, you pay for it. I don't know. There's a plethora of things that God is constantly working and doing that we are always seeing a need and meeting a need. And so a mission-minded characteristic of a person is you do not leave your house. You do not wake up without meeting a need, seeing a need. So your wife needs a back rub, give her a back rub. Your kids need you to sit down and shut up and not say anything and, and instruct them as a parent, but just listen, then do it. You know, whatever that is, you are meeting needs in Jesus' name so that he is glorified in it. His love is felt in it and so on. Yeah, I've heard it said that a hungry person can't hear the gospel. Yeah. I've heard that said. Yeah. And I think it's true. I think it. Uh, uh, we got to love their ears open to yeah. hear well, the truth. Good. It's good. Yeah, get that I think you're quote. right, Barry. I, I think it's tough for people to to see a, an eternal need when they're wondering how they're gonna, you know, they're how they're gonna meet their next, get their next meal, or um, you know, where they're gonna sleep tonight. It's really hard for them to focus on eternity when they're trying to struggle and survive through the day. So, good stuff. All right, number eight. You hate it when your pages stick together. Yeah, you believe that being <laughs> a mission-minded <laughs> is not a task; it's a lifestyle. You live out missions in your everyday life from the moment you wake up until you go to bed. Your goal is to impact the world around you for God's glory. So this kind of goes with what I was just saying. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. It's exactly what you're just talking about. It just waking up. And Barry taught a series earlier this year on creating margin. And I think that's what this is talking about. And what you were just talking about, Pete, it's like having time. So if, if your structure and your to-do list is so tight that there's no time for anything else. You know, if something goes wrong or something goes in your way or God puts an opportunity in front of you, you don't have time for it. You're not even thinking about it because you're thinking about what I have to do. Your message was create margin in, in your time, in your schedule, in your finances, so you can bless other people. And, and without that margin, you're just not going to do it. You're li- you use the example. I remember you were standing on the edge of the cliff, right? Or standing on the edge of the stage. And you're like, you know, when you're, when you're balancing, trying to just survive and not fall off the cliff, it's really hard to bless other people. Yeah. So you've got to put yourself in a position where you have time. You're, you're, a, you're, you're not the Dead Sea just taking it all in, but you're a, you're a river, right? Where you got things are coming in, but you're, you, you, can, you can pour into other people with your overflow. When, so. when people ask, if, if you go up to meet somebody or they know your character, they know you as a person, do they know you as a person's lifestyle is centered in the gospel of Jesus Christ? Do they know you as a Jesus freak? Right. And, and not in the weird way, but in, but in a godly controlled 
passionate way in a, in a one that that you can tell they they'll say well you you have it all together you know i don't have it together you got it all together and 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 it's not that we have it all together but we know jesus who does have it all together and he makes it look like we have it all together and so it gives us that door and opportunity but there's a lot of people out there that are listening and you have to ask yourself can you call yourself a christian if your lifestyle is not reflecting that of jesus can you honestly call yourself you you go to church but if you really examine and you listen to the words, your carnal mindset, the, some of the things that come out of your brains, uh, or how you try to control somebody, or how you have to get your way, or how you yell at your wife or your husband, or how you treat your kids. I mean, yeah, we have bad days. I get it. We all fall short. But it's a lifestyle. And a lifestyle is a transformed life. And a lifestyle loves people. And a lifestyle is committed to adjusting their lives so that God is glorified because he is the center of what we do. He is the reason why we live. You know, I, I got a confession to make. Uh-oh. And uh, this is tough with this lifestyle thing. Uh, I don't put a Christian bumper sticker on my car because I'm a horrible driver. Now think about that. I don't represent the Lord really well with my driving at times. I'm not saying that I flip people off when they cut me off. Okay? I'm not saying that, but I am saying that. We wouldn't know. That, yeah, there's times that I drive too fast. There's times I drive reckless. I, you know, there's times that I'm in a hurry and and I'm not patient. And I I really do not like it when people put on their horn behind me at a stoplight. I don't do that to people. But you know, if if you live like hell and you tell people that you walk with God. Hmm. And that you know God, uh, why why are you telling them that? Because you're doing nothing but confusing them. And uh, if if you're not choosing to live differently and set apart from the world, don't wear that Christian T-shirt. Yeah, don't, don't don't even go to church. What's the point of going to church? Right. I mean, you're not going to live like it. Anyways. Let's go to the extreme. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, seriously, true. it's true. It's true. Yeah. Why show up if you're not going to live it? Yeah. Why? Why? What's the point? That's Why good. is it a club? I mean, you just like, oh, you have friends, Christian friends, or they're good people to hang out. Oh, let's just do that. But your lifestyle is not going to reflect that of Jesus. Why? Why even hang out with them? Why go? What's the point? They make you feel good. Yeah. So good, Pete uh, Barry. You said confusing. You're so right. It confuse. It's confusing to the world. Yeah. Like you call yourself a Christian, and that's that's the way you're going to live. That's that's confusing. I think DC Talk had a song about. Oh that. yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah. Can yeah. you sing it? No. No. What? I can rap it, though. (laughs) Pete, you were talking about being a Jesus freak. I mean, that's a compliment. That's DZ Talk. I was reading, reading, uh, it was either Monday or Tuesday, I was reading Acts 5, where Peter and John were kind of getting, you know, getting a tongue lashing, and and more than that, they got beat up, you know, in front of the synagogue, or in front of the the Pharisees and the the Sadducees, in, uh, what was it, after he was preaching, they were preaching about Jesus, and then it was, the part part that caught me was right at the end, when they, they left, and went back and told you know the the rest of the disciples and they're just talking about they were like celebrating that they were that they they were persecuted, beaten, persecuted for the for, for the cause of christ we got beaten right yes, for the, jesus the, sake. the original jesus freaks yeah, that, that's what go. made me think of yeah. that so that's yeah. just what a great story and and how excited they were that they got to, to suffer for you, really if, cool if you continue that story man and the the religious people stopped preaching in Jesus' name, mm-hmm. and and they said, "Well, I can't, yeah. I can't stop." 
I have to preach of what I've seen and what I've heard and what I've experienced. I can't help but to testify. Go ahead, Pete. You want well, to they were just one, they they understood Galatians five twenty four when Paul said, "Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh mm-hmm. with its passions and desires." It, they the world that they live in is not their own. They are in the world, but not of the world. John seventeen. They are not here for only a short. They're only here for a short time. Because they're going to live with God for eternity. But they're in this time. They have a role. They have a purpose. That is the characteristics of a mission-minded person. They have a lifestyle that reflects that. So I'm, we said some hard things today. I mean, we really did. I mean, we, we laid it out. But I'm, we're telling the truth. If How do you call yourself a Christian if you're truly not living and following and having a lifestyle that's like that? Just, I mean, think about it. All right. Okay. Number nine. Awesome. You are relational. Uh, relational and a people person like Jesus was. You were willing to leave your own bubble to make relationships with those considered the least of these. You have an awareness of people around you and look for ways to build relationships that will lead to sharing Christ and discipleship. Jesus valued relationships so much that he spent more time walking, talking, eating, and drinking with people than he did teaching. Because while they were talking about God, as a set of rules, a set of uh, propositions, Jesus, uh, Jesus set out to living God in relationships. The entire mission of Jesus was relational. Wow. Wow. So Henry David Thoreau could not have been a Christian. Transcendentalism is, is not Christianity. And what transcendentalism is, is that I, I take myself out of culture, I take myself out of the world, and I reflect on God and who created me. And and that is not the heart of God. He doesn't want to take you out of the world, but he's put you in the world and you're not of the world to be a witness. You know, that that's the whole mindset of being an ambassador, 2 Corinthians 5, that we are representatives of a king in a foreign land. Yes, you're right. This is not our home. We don't fit in. Stop trying to fit in. You are from a greater place and you have a greater call on your life. Live differently. And that's what Mission Mind is all about. Jesus Jesus got himself out of his comfort zone to hang out with people because it's only through those relationships can you earn the right for them to hear how much God loves them. So good. You know, I I can relate to those people that rather not be around people. Um, there's a lot of people who says, well, I don't need to go to church to be, be, you know, to be saved or, you know, why do I have to go out in public? I'd rather just be home. I don't want to be a part of a life group. I don't, you know, I don't like having all that messiness and the relational issues. And, you know, there's, there's baggage. Let's just be honest. There's right. burdens when you hang out with friends and so forth. Man, like, I got some drama with some friends. Right, right. <laughs> or like, you know, you are, you're saying, I don't want to be hurt. You know, because you've been hurt a lot in your life or, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot of reasons why we don't want to be relational. And I can testify that if, if my wife knows me best and she'll tell you that I much prefer never to be around people. I much prefer to have a book. I much prefer to be in my 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 cave, my back cave and, and just hang out there. And, it, and it's a hard, it's a lot of work to be relational. It's a lot of work because you have to draw upon the Holy Spirit because it's no longer your strength, but I'm doing it because I know it's a call of God. I know that God has called every one of us to be relational. He's called every one of us to not put the trust in man, but to put the trust in God. And so the reason why we love people is because Christ loves them. Who cares if they hate your guts? Who cares if they backstab you? Who cares if they have burdens or whatever and you have to go the extra mile? 
You're not doing it on your own power. You're doing it in the Holy Spirit's power. You're doing it in obedience. You're doing it because you want God glorified. You're doing it because you want Him pleased. And so you love people because Jesus first loved you. He met you when you were unlovable. And now he's changing you and transforming you. So why would you not want to go love? Why would you not want to go build those relationships with other people? It should just be a natural thing. And so for me, one that is, uh, I'd rather be just studying and working and, and not dealing with people knows that that's a sin. That is not of God. Now, there's moments and times for that. I need that. I need to unwind. Now you're overcooking my grits. Now I need, you know, you need that time. But at the same time, we have to be obedient here. A person that has the characteristics of a mission-minded person is one that is relational. You got to find Truth. a way. You might be a CPA. All the, sorry, CPAs out there, where you're just all about analytics and those. But you should still be relational because you could talk about find something. Remember we talked about last week. Find out something they like. Yeah, common ground. Find something that someone likes. Adjust, learn, study, figure it out. You, there's no excuses. We need to, we have to understand this is a big deal in God's kingdom. This is not play play here. We need to be relational. We need to figure it out. How do we connect? You know, put prayer into this, figure it out and go do the next steps, Bear. You know, uh, you put down some suggestions here, Pete and Bob. You said put energy in being like likable. Smile often. Listen more than you talk compliment and affirm and remember people's names and they are great suggestions uh what is the greatest fast food uh joint restaurant chick-fil-a -A. burger it's, it's chick-fil-a <laughs> in my opinion where i live there is no in and out that's burger. right it is chick-fil-a yeah. it's in so, so chick-fil-a my daughter works for chick-fil-a jesus chicken let's be yeah. honest okay all right it's it's holy bird okay and that so burger has less probably the same amount of volume though I don't know. Go ahead. But anyway, well, my daughter works for Chick-fil-A, and the first thing she's told to do is smile. Smile at people and speak to them. And it makes a difference how you greet people, how you look at people, and your facial expressions. It does. It makes a difference. And I'm going to tell you what. I could tell you something about a church. I could tell you something about a company. I could tell you something about a person just by the way they look at me, they shake my hand, they greet me, and uh, man, it's it speaks volumes. It really does. Do you genuinely love people? Well, then you will engage them with that love, and you will talk to them about the Lord. Amen. Wow, that's really good. I'm going to put you on the spot, Barry. Give people an example. Um, you talked about Chick-fil-A. I want, I want to flip the script a little bit because um, people may be thinking, well, how do I make this? What does this look like right, in, in the practical world? You told me a story the other day about uh, a trip to Wendy's. Yeah. I want you to share that story. Well, I, I went to uh, drive up at Wendy's, and there was nobody there. I mean, the lights were on. It was it was in the middle of the day. I just wanted a, a Coke, Diet Coke for me, or Coke Zero, and, and there was nobody there. And I, I even got to the sarcastic point, I'm going to be honest. McFly, <laughs> you know, anybody home? Hello? I, I mean, every voice I could come, hello? Hello. Nothing. And then out in front of me, this lady with a headset at gets out of the car and she walks inside. And and before she walks inside, she tells me to just drive up. And so I drive up and, and you know, I'm, I'm pretty frustrated, wanted to leave, but God, what are you doing here? And I said, man, I told her this. I said, it must be really tough because I know people don't want to work today. 
and that it's hard to find people to work. And, and around this Wendy's after I left, I could tell, I saw that, that there's banners up hiring now and they got the sheets in the windows hiring now. And this woman, it took forever for me to get my order, but she was, she was the only person there. Hmm. And I could have just reamed her, but I could have just been not nice. But I told her, I said, you know what? I'm proud of you. At least you're here. And you know what? I want you to know, I really appreciate you serving me. And I, I told her this. I said, ma'am, you are sowing seeds. And, and I told her, I said, Galatians 6, 9 says, do not grow weary in well-doing for you shall reap if you faint. Wow, I'm going to tell you, there is good things on the in the future for you. And I cannot wait to hear from you what God is doing. And, and I just want you to know, I really appreciate you being here, you working hard and you serving me. And I said, can I pray with you? And we prayed right there. And, and you know what? I can't believe it. I'm going to be honest. She looked a little rough. She did. Yeah. And she had tattoos all over. And you know what she looked at me? She said, I really needed to hear that. Today. Amen. It just blew me away, man. I'm going to tell you, it just blew me away. Even in a, in the windiest line when I'm frustrated, <laughs> God can use us. That's what a lifestyle Yes, that's why like. I wanted him to share that, that story. And so that happens to people in a lifestyle all the time. That is a natural thing. When you're living the lifestyle... That sort of thing happens. That was a perfect testimony to that. Yep. But in, and even in that, your flesh still wants to lash out, right? You're like, I'm not being served. I'm not being, you know. So we we have to always guard against that. Yeah, my air conditioning. <laughs> I'm sweating. Out here. I need to die. But Come I love that story, so he, and I, I thought that would be the perfect way to kind of give a picture for what's going on. In his on. mind, Barry's mind, Galatians 5:24 came in. Those who are Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions yes. and desires. He had to work out his salvation. He had to work through that process because it's natural. Our flesh is natural to respond. That's right. But you work it out. A person has a lifestyle works it out. So, so good. Yeah. All right. Number 10. Wow, that was awesome. Great story. We are committed to encouraging and celebrating Christians who are advancing the kingdom of God in the public square. We are, we are committed to demonstrating the unity of the church in the city, celebrating what God is doing in other churches instead of criticizing other churches. We're committed to developing alliances with other like-minded churches in order to serve our city together, even if it raises some areas of tension. Mm. This is a, this is a uh, tough one. We need work on this, guys. Yeah. Barry, yeah. thoughts? Yeah, this is huge, guys. I want to tell you, you know why uh, uh, churches are in competition? It's because they're religious. Mm. Oof. It, that's the truth. I, I, I'm right. speaking the truth. This is Riot Podcast, everybody. I'm trying to speak the truth. If, if, if I am trying to make myself look good, I will be worried about the numbers. Oof. But if I'm trying to make God look good, I love my neighbor. I love my brother and sister in Christ, and I want to serve them and help other churches be successful. Yes. Amen. And uh, pastors, come on, man. If we cannot get together and pray together and love on one another as pastors, how in the world are our sheep going to do it? Amen. I really have a burden about that, getting pastors together and praying together and loving on each other and, and, and really serving each other. Why, why are we in competition? I'm going to tell you why. It's not only that we're selfish and we're religious, but it makes Satan clap. It makes Satan, yes, I won today because I am keeping them divided. Oh, if God's church would come together. There's just, there's, we've made theological differences the big deal. 
and we look at it and says, well, I can't believe he interprets the Bible that way, and this is what he teaches, and so forth. But we lose sight of the common ground. The common ground is we love Jesus, we love people, and we want people to come to know who Jesus is. And we can, we can come together that way. And, and I know there's some theological issues that are doctrinally wrong, okay? Though that's different. If they're off doctrinally, if they're off in a way that's, I mean, it's not saying exactly what the Bible says in context as far as the doctrine, we can have a show just all on that, is, is those areas are different, okay? So we have to be careful. But there's theological dishes, which is the interpretation of the Bible, where the Episcopal Church, the Presbyterian Church, the Methodist Church, the non-denominational church, um, you know, the, the, the different churches of faith or different things that, sure, we might be different in how we do ministry. Would you say that's methods? Yeah, there's different methods. Different methods. Or different interpretations, though, too. I yeah, mean, because yeah. we, you know, a Baptist has a different interpretation than some Lutheran, yeah. right? I mean, Lutheran has more liturgy and there's more certain things that they do. But it's where we're afraid of that and we're afraid to mix. We're afraid to come together and be of that. Or they're saying, oh, you're just trying to be one faith or whatever. No, there's a difference. We're not saying one faith is what we're saying. We're saying come together as the non uh, people that are followers of Christ, that, that have one mission, one purpose, is to love people, is to change the world. We need to put down our issues a little bit. One speaks in tongues, the other one doesn't speak in tongues. One, you know, believes in these certain gifts and the other one doesn't. Whatever it is, we could still come together and love on each other and be okay in our differences. And still work together. You know where I draw the line? With reptiles. Ah. I don't handle reptiles. <laughs> Especially snakes. No, There's I'm, no cobras in your service? Right. No, here's where I draw the line. I draw the line if, if we can agree that it's Christ alone. If we can agree, John 14, 6, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life, and no man comes to the Father except through him. Then you know what that means? If you believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven, that means you have become my brother and my sister. Amen. And so there is a way that we need to start treating the family of God. And, and you know, uh, anything else, you know, is it, it be worked out in glory. Amen. But at that that's point, good. we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And and that's where I draw the line. And, and, and But guys, think about it. If it's a lost world seeing the church not loving each other mm. and and talking bad about this other church and and not not doing ever doing anything together not being unified anything together and lost people feel like they are being that there's a competition to get them mm. i mean they're running as far as they can from the mm. church and away from the church as fast as they can and why would they want anything that we got right and we have got to plug into the spirit of God and we have got to live a life of love that it's motivated by the example of Christ. He didn't make it about denomination. He made it, he didn't make it about religion. He made it about the relationship. And that's where I say, I draw the line. Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? And if you do, you are my brother and my sister and I need to treat you like family. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, pastors need to reach out to other pastors, network with them. Mm -hmm. We we talk about that in things that we're doing and how we're going to be able to reach out to pastors. And we're not looking at what 
type of church they are per se. I mean, it, we want to be like-minded in, in, in what Barry was just talking about. But I thank God for his grace and his mercy here that he has allowed us to have different flavors of churches because we all learn differently. Different we flavors. all have, we do. I mean, there's different DNAs of each church and we all, God has created us all unique and all different and we gravitate and we we are able to fellowship in a certain environment that feels more comfortable to us and that's how God speaks to us. And so it's okay. And uh, so, I mean, there's just, there's too much competition. There's too much of this bickering and moaning and pastors ridiculing other pastors and beating them down. And, and man, I just pray that we just start loving and uh, open the door there. Well, I mean, so we've shared with you 10 characteristics, uh, you know, what it, what it looks like to be a mission-minded and live a mission-minded, but, you know, it's possible you may have stumbled on this podcast and you're just like, what are you guys even talking about? You know, who is this, you know, who is this Jesus guy and what what is it, you know, mission-minded? I'm not getting any of this. Um, Barry, could you maybe speak to, yeah. to those people and, uh, you know, maybe just share a little bit about uh, where we're coming from on that? Or how yeah. they can give their life to the Lord, too. Yeah. yeah. Let, let me start this way. Uh, what is happening with Riot Podcast is that we have a mutual dream. I have a dream. And that dream is that there would be a church that would rise up that really feels a burden to live on mission every day, not just Sunday, not just one day, not just part-time, but full-time. Amen. Live missionally full-time for Jesus Christ and to care about the things of God and uh, care about representing him the way he deserves to be represented and not only represent him, but worship him the way he deserves to be worshiped and not going through the motions, not not playing religion, but living for a living God. You know, if he died for us, he calls us to live for him. And, and uh, you know, maybe you're out there and you're looking for a mission. Maybe you're just a vapor right now and you're floating and, and you just don't know what your life exists for. Well, I'm going to tell you right now from the bottom of my heart, I do not know a greater adventure to be called on to be a part of than the relationship that you're called to with Jesus Christ. It is a call to die, but the dying is living no longer for yourself, but living for him. And I call you to that today. And so as I close out this show, I I'm calling you to two things. Number one, I'm calling you to not only give your heart to Christ, but to give your life to Christ. Not only invite Christ in your heart, but invite Christ to sit on the throne of your life and every aspect of your life and to rule over you. And why does he need to do that? Well, I think we want to be forgiven. I think we want a relationship with him. I think we want to go to heaven. And the reason why we can't is because of selfishness. It's sin. The word, the letter in the middle of sin is I, and we must die to that. We must die to our sin, must die to ourself. And we must bow down and receive Jesus as Lord. And what we, how we do that is we admit that we're a sinner. We believe in our heart. We believe with our being. We believe with all that we are that Jesus is the son of God, that he died for you. He was buried and he rose again the third day, that there is no one like him, that he is the Messiah, the one that was sent. And lastly, what must I do? Admit, believe, confess. 
confess Jesus as Lord and confess that you cannot live a pleasing life apart from Jesus and invite him to take the helm of your life. Invite him to reign in your life. Invite him to be the authority and, and surrender yourself as a representative of him. And we do this through prayer. Would you pray with me? Dear God, I thank you that you made me and that you love me and that you want what's best for me. And I confess and I admit today that I've blown it. I have gone astray. I have lived my own way and I'm selfish. I'm sinful. I'm self-centered and I'm sorry. I know that offends you. I know that hurts our relationship. And God, I know that you love me. And I see that you love me because you sent your one and only son to die in my place. Jesus Christ. That he was the atoning sacrifice that bought forgiveness for my sin. That he died, he was buried, and he rose again. And he defeated the grave. He defeated sin. He defeated death. And he defeated Satan and hell by raising out of that grave. And he's alive. And Jesus, because I'm... I believe you are alive. I believe you are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I invite you right now to sit on the throne of my life and help me to live missionally minded for you, for your glory. Help me to make disciples. Help me to not go to church, but to be the church in a lost world that is desperately in need of hope. I ask you, God, that you would take my life and use it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you give it your life to the Lord, we would love to hear from you. You can go on to our, our website at riotpodcast.co. Um, go on to Know God. Click on the Know God button at the bottom. It says if you want to give your life to the Lord, click on yes. Fill out that worksheet, and we would love to connect with you and get you some information. Um, today's uh, show was awesome. I mean, God is so good. And um, just thinking about the characteristics that Jesus gave us and his lifestyle and how he lived it out loud um, is, is I, I'm just blown away. I'm so thankful that he set the example first and we don't have this information without him. And because of what he did and because of his testimony and because of how he lived it out, he showed us what is important to him. And uh, so I pray that we, we hear this message. I pray that if you didn't hear last week, listen to, to episode, what number is that, Bob? You know? I think 35 last Maybe week. Maybe 35. Yeah, episode 35. And uh, Mission Mind and Characteristics. I'll put a number two. We'll put a number two at the end of this one. So Mission Mind and Characteristics one. That's a good Mission idea. Mission Mind and Characteristics two. So people would So know. we can watch them in order. Yeah. You know what I learned today? What? Relationships are messy. Mm. But Amen. mandatory, right? Yeah. We need them. We need them. So, guys, we just we love you. We appreciate you. Uh, do us a favor, and uh, on our Facebook page, just follow us, like us. Um, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe so that uh, you get notified when uh, when the new podcasts are released each week, each Thursday morning. Um, 
And uh, man, we just we're just honored and humbled by you that uh, you're listening to us. We would love to hear from you. I know we say it over and over again, but uh, you know, if it's something simple as just tell us where you're listening from or where you're watching from, if you're on YouTube, just put it in the comments. Say, hey, this is this is Bob from Orlando, or this is Pete from California getting an In-N-Out burger. Whatever, just uh, you know, let us know. It just helps us. We you know, we just love to hear where you're coming from, and it just means it means the world to us. Again, I. I'd, I'd like to wish uh, our executive producer a very happy birthday, and uh, she's amazing. She keeps these, these three crazy bums in in, in order and uh, kind of gets us through the show, and uh, we really appreciate you, Miss Christine. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and then for uh, all of our staff in the background, uh, mm. you guys do an amazing job. Mm-hmm. We are so thankful for you. So we look forward to next week, and uh, can't wait to talk to you then. You mm. guys have an amazing week of worship. Peace out. We love you guys. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.